When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hardcore ER9. I decided to tackle a subject matter that is really hard for everybody to deal with, and that is death. Who wants to die? Well, except for, I think, the very desperate who are going through their own personal hell. No one wants to die. And I think something that's even harder than our own death is the death of a loved one. And I've experienced that myself. I lost my dad when I was 13. He was 37 years old. And I lost my brother when he was 23. And yeah, he was my younger brother. And as much as I've worked in the ER and, and as a nurse, I've seen lots of death and dying. And it hasn't given me any further comfort or insight when it comes to my own loved ones. However, I think I was granted the gift to help others, aside from myself, to, you know, lead to follow through to a comfortable end with dignity and help their loved ones get through it. The problem is, is that sometimes people don't want to let go. And I'm not talking about the person who's dying, though I've, it's true, I've seen that as well. But I'm talking about the loved ones who can't let go. And it has led to some unnecessary suffering for, for that person that's dying. As harsh as this may sound, our selfishness sometimes gets in the way of letting go. And though that's not our intention, it does lead to much pain and suffering and agony for the person that's dying. At least I've seen these cases. So I've decided to talk about some of those. And please, this is in no way a knock, an insult, a admonishment towards these people. But maybe it gives a little bit of insight as to the other side of the coin, the person that is actually dying. Okay, let's get started on this. I've seen people in the end stages of, of dying cancer. One thing in particular that I notice people have a hard time with is when someone doesn't want to eat anymore. Their body is shutting down. Eating actually is painful for them. And I've seen families bring in tons of food and force the person to eat. They're gentle about it, but they bring in foods far rich, more rich than they can handle and even swallow at this point and force feeding their loved ones and even drinking because people uh, at some point when they're near the end they don't want to eat they don't want to drink it's it's time and systems are shutting down and can't even manage this and it often takes a lot of time and explanation to let the, the person know the family know that they're getting an IV they're getting whatever nutrition or, or liquids they need and and to please stop feeding them if if the patient doesn't want it 
then don't press the issue. And it's hard to have these discussions because the family gets angry that we're starving them, that we don't care, that we're letting them die. And in a sense, we are letting them die. But that's, that's one aspect I've seen where families have a hard time. And of course, it's, we need to eat and drink to live. And if they haven't come to the, to the understanding or, or to peace with the fact that their loved one is dying, that's, that's, they can't help themselves. They just want that person to eat. So that, that's difficult to watch. Another thing that's harmful to the person that is passing and near the end is having them get out of bed and go around uh, the department or if they're at home to take them out of the house or force them to sit up and watch TV and and visit and stuff like that. And this doesn't happen a lot, but some families really just lift the person out of bed and put them in a chair and, and take them around or or have them sit up and thinking that this will lift their spirits, give them strength to, to fight the disease. And this may be the beginning of having these difficult discussions, saying that the patient is in, the person, sorry, not patient, is in way more pain than they can manage to get out of bed and that they want to be comfortable and they can visit or spend time from the bed. And sometimes the, the person doesn't want to say anything because they want to make their family happy. And I've had the person who is who's dying and knows they're dying, is at peace with dying, or at least understands that they're dying, say to me, why won't they listen to me? I'm dying. I just want to pass with with comfort and time with them. I just want to spend time with them. I just want to talk to them, or I just want them at my side, but I don't want them to feed me anymore. I don't want them to take me out of bed anymore. I don't want to be forced to do anything that makes me uncomfortable. I just want them at my side. And sometimes they had asked me to talk to the, to the family, and I've tried. But it's not that easy. But I've had their wishes spoken to me, and I've been there when the patient has spoken to the family. And sometimes the family will just brush it off as, now you're not feeling well, you're weak, we'll help you through this time. And just they, they, it's like they have their hands over their ears and they're saying, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. And they're not listening to what the, their loved one is saying. And I can see the agony in the family member's face. And I can also see the agony in the dying person's face because they're at odds as to what's going on. My dad had been dying for over a year. And he tried his best to talk to me. And you know what? In that time, in that year, he had taught me so much about life. He had taught me so much about him, our family, our heritage, how to be a good person, and how to help take care of my brother and my mom after he passed. And many times I said, I don't want to hear it, Dad. Stop. I don't want to hear it. And I'd get angry at him. And then other times I would listen, just happy to hear his voice and sit at his side. 
and there was times where I would cry and he would hold me. Well, this is uh, tougher than I thought. The last words I said to my dad before he died was, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was only 12. And I'm sure he understood. But I have to live with that. I'm 48 years old and it still haunts me. Woo! Sorry about the tears, guys. But I want this to be real. I'm 48 years old and it still haunts me. And I know he forgave me and I know he understood. But I can't believe that mu how much that would have hurt him. But I learned a lot from that. It helped teach me how to be a good nurse. And to understand the pain that family goes through and the loved one. So anyway, okay. Ooh. Tidy up this red, wet face of mine <laughs> and move forward. But it's, it's their time. It's their illness. It's their passing. It's their death. So let's grant their wishes. Let's let them visit quietly. Or if they want to sleep, sleep. If they want you to sit by their bedside and hold their hand, do that. They like certain music or to have their forehead rubbed, their back. Do it. It's hard for them to ask. Sometimes they're really afraid. And if they're telling you it's their time, and they're in an advanced stage of, of dying, let them. They often have words of wisdom they want to impart. Say goodbye. Let them. These are often the most important times of their life and important times of the loved one's life. And I have to say, the important times of my life there is an honor to be witness to a birth. New life coming into this world, new potential, the whole world's ahead of them. But there is also great honor in being at someone's bedside, being present when they die, because that's the end of an entire life. A life full of happiness and sorrow and achievements and and falls and laughter and just everything being witness to that is an honor and sometimes as they pass you see the their face that's full of agony and pain become soft and relaxed and at peace 
and if we can somehow guide their loved ones to to this it helps i'm very careful saying this because each death whether it's yours or someone you love is individual and you don't know how you're going to react or you don't know how you're going to feel the best that i can suggest is look out for their best comfort listen to their words and try to enjoy every last minute that you can. I had a patient come in. In fact, I've had a few patients come in end stage disease of some sort. It could be cancer, it could be emphysema, it could be MS, ALS, you name it, it could be any any awful disease. And they do not have what's called a DNR, which means do not resuscitate. If a patient is palliative and doesn't have a do not resuscitate, it means that we have to do what's called heroic efforts to save them. If they're going to die or they're actively dying and we have to perform heroic efforts to save them and prolong their life, I think that it's not a great thing to do for them. Especially if they've expressed their wishes, but no longer have power of attorney. And the person with power of attorney refuses to do a a DNR. Here's one case, and it's going to be really hard to listen to, so I'm warning you. I had this elderly lady that had come in and out of the ER over the the year because her disease process would often cause complications that needed to be treated. Now that's the thing with a with a DNR or palliative care that allowing the person to die naturally is one thing but to deny them care for pneumonia or pain or wounds, that kind of thing. We still will do all that. We, we should do all that. We must do all that to alleviate any unnecessary pain and suffering. They deserve all the comfort in the world. So that needs to be understood. But when a person has stopped breathing and their heart has stopped beating because the disease has overcome them and it's their time, performing heroic measures are cruel, I think. And if you don't agree with me, maybe maybe you will after this, or understand at least in this case. So this lovely elderly lady had come in over the year, and we've seen her slowly deteriorate. And we knew that very soon that she would pass, and we were hoping that we wouldn't see her in the ER because you really kind of just, you want to pass in a comfortable place. Not a bright, loud environment. She was at home and her heart had stopped and her breathing had stopped and she had passed. And from all intents and purposes, I understand that she passed quietly. A family member witnessed it and they were also the family member that would not write the DNR. So they called 911. Ambulance arrived. Transported the patient to us. We asked the family 
Can we please allow this person to go? We, we, we spoke to the family. They wouldn't let us let the patient pass. So I had to do CPR on this, on this woman. And I practically broke every rib in her chest. I battered and bruised her body when it was her time to go. And I was so angry at doing it. I was, I just wanted to stop. And eventually I did. The doctors called it. We didn't do too much. We didn't prolong it. We did what we could for a short period of time. But we knew that it was hopeless. And we don't ever give up. (laughs) You come into the ER and we will fight for you to the last possible second. But in this case, it was her time. And trying to explain that to the loved ones was, was horrible. We were accused of killing her. We were accused of cruelty, murder. They screamed at us. They yelled at us. This woman didn't die with dignity. Her body was battered and, and abused and robbed of her, of, of her peace. Finally, the family calmed down and started to come to grips with the fact that the person had, had passed. And that was it. We were, were able to help them start with the preparations of celebration of her life. I've had to do this a few times, and I've hated it every time. And I promise that if it was my loved one's wishes, I would never put them through that. And I made it very clear to my family that when it's my time, it's my time. And I myself will help prepare them for it when, when the time comes. So you may think, oh, it's so easy for me to say, this is how you're supposed to grieve. This is how you're supposed to behave. It's not easy for me, and nor am I saying it. It's an individual thing. It's a horrible time. It's scary. You feel hopeless. But whether we like it or not, we all have a time limit. And when those last grains of sand are falling through the hourglass, we have to let go. And we can do it many ways. And there is no right way, but I'm trying to impart some words of wisdom. I hope they are wise that please listen to your loved one. Please honor their wishes. Please listen to their words. Suck up those last moments that you have and let them go. Some people aren't going to like what I have to say about this, and I have no answer back for that. But all I know is that I've seen the other side of it, and it is, it is hell. And if you believe in hell, and if you believe in heaven, it is hell before heaven, and it's not necessary. So, that being said, that's some of my stories of dealing with death and dying. It's a subject matter that I could do a whole series on, and who knows, maybe that's in the future. And if you have anything that you want to impart to me, good, bad, or indifferent, please email me at kwick at stattales.com or write something on Facebook, on Twitter. Just 
I'd like to hear from you all about your experiences and maybe we can discuss this further on a, on a, on a future episode. But with that being said, I wish you all the happiness and health that you can possibly muster and to love each other, love yourselves, take care of each other and take care of yourself. Peace. One love. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. 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 Whisper words of wisdom. Let it be.